Good morning. Well, welcome to worship today. We're so glad that you've joined us on this beautiful sunny day. Is it great to be in Florida or what? As you um, came in today, you hopefully received the worship elements in your little baggie. If not, you need to make your way out to the lobby to grab those. And for those of you who are worshiping at home, we would encourage you to grab a hunk of bread and a glass of juice or wine so that we can commune together a little later in the service. I know that many of you have begun to receive your shots, and you might be feeling a little bit frisky, so we'd just like to encourage you to keep wearing your masks to keep the rest of us safe. So thank you for that. You may have noticed that we turned the calendar to March, which means that in a flip of a calendar, it's going to be Easter, which means that Holy Week will soon be upon us. So you might want to mark your calendar for April 1st, Maundy Thursday, April 2nd, Good Friday. We will have worship services at 6.30 in the sanctuary, and they will also be live streamed. You can begin to register for those services on March 15th. We intend to have all three Easter services here on campus at 9, 10, and 11, and we're back out at Lido Beach again at 6.30 for that sunrise service. And I went out last week with Ray Backich, and the beach has been replenished. If you've been out there, it is beautiful. We're going to have an amazing celebration on sunrise Easter morning if you're up for it. So um, we would still like to have a couple of more people join our technical media team. We provide training and encouragement as you learn how to do things that I know nothing about, but cameras and lighting and all that kind of good stuff. But Mike will um, be glad to take your name and meet with you if you'd be interested in serving in that important ministry. This Wednesday, March 10th, God in Hollywood continues at 6.30 in the evening. Register for the Zoom link, watch the movie Quiz Show, and join Pastor Steve for an interesting conversation. Thanks to all of you who have turned in your pledge cards. There's still time if you haven't done it yet. You got one in your bulletin today that you could fill out and drop in the basket. For those of you at home, you can download it from our website. You can get request one from the church office, but we really appreciate you filling these out because it helps us make plans for the type of ministry that we'll be able to do uh, together next year. The memory verse for this month of March comes from Proverbs 3.3, and it's even in your little bulletin on the sermon doodle page, so when you take this home, you'll get a chance to memorize Do not let loyalty and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And the most important announcement of all, really, really want to see you all in here at 10 o'clock next Sunday, which means remember to turn your clock ahead, to spring ahead so that we can be together in worship at 10 next week. As you know, we've begun this practice during Lent with our new bulletins where we get to um, say our confession together, where we get to try to engage with God and Scripture in a new way during the sermon. So you should have some markers and some doodling to to draw and to write. Um, And then in the very front page where together we get to each week say a creative way um, to affirm our faith. So I'd ask you to stand.
so that we can say our affirmation of faith together. We believe in a God who knows holy rage, a God who stands with the underdog, who passionately protects the suffering, and who overturns systems of corruption. We believe in a God who leads by example, feeding the hungry, welcoming the children, offering water to the Samaritan, eating with the tax collector, healing the sick, preaching from the mountaintop, and offering second chances. We believe in a God who knew that we would lose our way and still said, this is my body broken for you. We believe in a God who knew our capacity for mistakes and still said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And because of this love, we believe that God shows us the way again and again and again. Thanks be to God. Amen. In my doubts, in my failures, you won't fall out. Your great love will lead me through. You are the peace in my troubled sea. You are the peace in my troubled sea. In the silence, you won't let go. In my questions, your truth will hold. Your great love will lead me through. You are the peace in my troubled sea. Oh, you are the peace in my troubled sea. My lighthouse, my lighthouse, shining in the darkness. I will follow you. My lighthouse, I will trust the promise You carry me safe to shore Safe to shore Safe to shore Safe to shore I won't feel what tomorrow brings with each morning I rise and sing My God's love will lead me through You are the peace in my troubled sea Oh, you are the peace in my troubled sea My lighthouse, my lighthouse Shining in the darkness I will follow you my lighthouse, my lighthouse, I will trust the promise. You will carry me safe to shore, oh, 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 oh. safe to shore, oh, oh, oh. safe to shore, oh, oh, oh. safe to shore. I'll be yours. You're the bride. Storm. I'll be for us, 
You're the brightest. You will lead us through the storm. My lighthouse, my lighthouse, shining in the darkness. I will follow you. My lighthouse, my lighthouse, I will trust the promise. You will carry me safe to shore. Stars in the sky and you 
You can have a seat. I'd like to invite the mic runners to come up on each side of me here. And as they are making their way up here, we are at the time in our worship service where we get to worship God with our tithes and our offering. For those of you at home, it means that there are four different ways that you can give, which we can do as well, or we can use the baskets as we leave. Thank you for your generosity and for partnering with us um, as we try to love God and love neighbor. So today, I'm wondering how uh, we can be praying for each other, and as you think about that and whether you'll be brave enough to raise your hand to say into the microphone, I would love to have our mic runners introduce themselves, please, and what school you go to. My name is Jared. Oh, That's all right. My name is Jared, and I'm a senior. Thanks, Jared. I'm Marissa, and I'm a freshman at Sarasota High School. Thanks, Marissa. So how can we be praying together this day? Oh, thank you. Um, there's a teenager that goes to Riverview that's currently missing. His name's Bryce. Um, he, huh? he went missing a few days ago. And so they're still looking for him. So just prayers that he comes home safe. Thank you. So prayers for Bryce and his family. And um, I imagine for lots of kids in the world who are missing. So we could encompass all of that in our prayers this week. Thanks, Jaden. I'd like to offer up prayers for my wife, Barbara, who a week ago fainted in the bathroom and hit her head and had to go to the emergency room for that. And then the next day, she got a COVID shot. So she's not feeling well from two different fronts. Thank yes. you. Thanks, Bob. So we'll keep Barb in our prayers. And thank you for coming and doing that great um, act of hospitality for us as we arrived without your trusty sidekick. We appreciate you, too. Anything else? Well, whatever we have on our hearts and on our minds, we will give that to God as well. And if you would grab your bulletin and your <clears throat> glasses if you need them. It's kind of small font, I think. We're going to read through our prayer of confession together. And I'm going to do the voice of one, and Marissa is going to join you for the voice of all. Let us pray together. God of justice... We are guilty of building tables. We have built tables. Keep going. Keep reading. Wait, okay. God of justice, we are guilty of forgetting where we are. Of turning faith into a negotiation tool 
and the church into a place for insiders. God of justice, we are guilty of ignoring the point. For you taught that the temple was for worship and your message was for all. God of our hearts, be in our decision making. Draw near to our choices. Forgive our mistakes. And as you do, flip every table, habit, belief, or point of view that needs adjusting. With hope, we pray for a better day. Amen. Family of faith, the good news is that God took on flesh and walked this earth to show us the way. God took on flesh so that we could see what it looks like to disrupt and overturn systems of corruption. God took on flesh to teach us another way. God took on flesh to point us to restoration. God took on flesh so that we might be forgiven. Friends, we are loved and forgiven by a just and merciful God. Thanks be to God for a love like that. Amen. Good morning. My name is Olivia Mason, and I'm a senior at Venice High School this year. The first reading is from the book of Genesis, the ninth chapter, starting at the eighth verse. Hear the word of the Lord. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, As for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you. And with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal of the earth with you, as many came out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut, off, be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, This is a sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you. For all future generations, I have set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bone bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the water, water shall never, be, never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on earth. God said to Noah, This is a sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on earth. The second reading is from the Gospel of Luke, the fifth chapter, beginning at the 27th verse. After this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi gave a great banquet for him in his house, and there was a large crowd of tax collectors and others sitting at the table with them. The Pharisees and their scribes were complaining to his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with the tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I have come to call. I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners to repentance. This is the word of the Lord.
Thank you, Olivia. Well, today we turn our attention to a new fruit of the Spirit. As Lori mentioned, we've turned the page to a new month, so it's a new fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of faithfulness. And over the next few weeks, we will be focusing on the signs of God's faithfulness as a way of considering how we might exercise ourselves, the fruit of faithfulness in our own lives. Today, we're going to take a look at the sign of the rainbow. You see the rainbow that uh, is in your little doodle page. Uh, the story that we just read in Genesis tells us about the rainbow. And then from there, we're going to look at the sign of the font, baptismal font, and then the sign of the wedding ring, and then the sign of the tablet, God's faithfulness through the law, all toward the end of seeking to exhibit God's faithfulness through the fruit of our own lives. So to that end, let us pray. By your grace and through your mercy, we pray, O God, that you will allow these words to come to point to the word just read and to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ, for we pray this in his name. Amen. In the last of C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia, in a story entitled The Last Battle, Lewis tells the story about the end of the world, the end of what is the mystical, magical world called Narnia. Narnia has always been a world filled with dangers and threats and evil kings and wicked witches, but it's also been a world visited often and rescued by goodness, the great emperor beyond the sea and the prowling, prancing, good-natured lion Aslan, along with some surprising, least-expected heroes. But then, like all worlds, the world of Narnia must come to an end. And the beginning of the end of the world comes to Narnia when someone stops telling the truth. In the beginning of the end, there appears a gorilla named Shift, short for Shifty, and he starts spreading falsehoods. And he starts spreading falsehoods in such a way that they're kind of believable, but they're mostly false. There's a little bit of truth in them, but mostly they're false. And so, beginning with his friend Puzzle the Donkey, Shift slyly leads the Narnians astray. He begins misrepresenting the great lion Aslan and turns him from a benevolent being into a malevolent being. And the citizens of Narnia start to fall for it. And pretty soon, they start turning on each other. And pretty soon, the world begins to fall apart all because someone began spreading falsehood and many began to believe it. Truth, as they say, is what holds the world together. No one really knows why the good Lord sought to bring an end to the world way back in the days of Noah. The storyteller doesn't give us the specifics except to say that humankind was wicked, evil, and violent. And, and who knows where all that came from, but probably from the very beginning when someone stopped telling the truth. And that someone we know is the serpent slithering on the ground, coiling on the trees. The storyteller tells us that it was the serpent who lied to the man and the woman, and the man and the woman believed him. They fell for the conspiracy theory that the good and gracious creator who made and called all things good was now somehow in conspiracy against them, that the one who breathed goodness into their lives was actually out to get them the one who breathed goodness was the one who was conspiring to get them. 
Such was the serpent's lie, and they fell for it, and from there, the whole thing unraveled, and it's only six pages into the biblical story. The scripture says that God was sorry that he created the whole mess, and that it grieved his heart, and that he would make it rain 40 days and 40 nights, and wash away all that God had created. Except, of course, that God just cannot completely do that. God just can't completely do that. He finds for himself a representative of the truth, good old Noah, and he says to Noah that he's going to try this all over again. Noah builds himself an ark, fills up the ark with representatives of creation two by two, and God sets Noah afloat on the stormy seas, brings him and the remnants of creation back after 40 days to dry land, and they stumble out of their stinky boat, and God points them up to the sky, and there they see these arching stripes of color stroked across the clouds. And God says to Noah and his people, that's the sign. That's the sign that says never again. That's the sign that says that God is done dealing with his people by means of retribution, by means of reward of punishment. From now on, God says, I will never let you go. I will look upon you with eyes of grace. I will not pay you for your sins nor punish you for your iniquities. I will conspire to see always the goodness in you. If there is any conspiracy theory afoot going forward, it will be my conspiracy of grace. What God knows and what we know, but what Noah probably didn't know, was that God and God's good creativity created the atmosphere in such a way that the air and the light and the water would conspire, as it were, continually to create the rainbow. It's what light does when it refracts and bends and breaks through water, through little cloudy droplets of water. It bursts into the colors of the spectrum and paints the sky. The whole creation conspires with God to remind us many, many times here in Florida in the summer, that this is what God is up to. God is up to this conspiracy of faithfulness. God is up to this conspiracy of grace to see us through rainbow-colored glasses. James McBride, in his compelling memoir, The Color of Water, tells of being raised in a family with 12 children born to a white Jewish mother from Poland and an African-American Baptist preacher. Seeing the multiplicity of race and color and background in his family, the young McBride at one point asks his mother, what color was God? What color is God in that my siblings and I are all sorts of colors? And she replied that God is the color of water. Such a wise thing for a mother to say, especially on a rainy day and the sun breaks out and the light refracts and the colors splash. It makes all the sense in the world that God's the color of water because God is up to this conspiracy of grace. God just cannot see without those rainbow-colored glasses. 
You see, that's the truth, and it has been the truth from the very beginning. God is conspiring for everybody. God has repented of his retribution. There has been a revolution in God's heart, says the Old Testament scholar Walter Brueggemann, and now God's relationship to humankind is is one of unqualified grace. And it's not just a truth, it's the truth. It's the truth to which all other truths must conform, with which all other truths must conspire. I have come, Jesus says, not to abolish, the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. Which explains, of course, Jesus making that silly in some eyes approach to Levi. Tax collecting, cheating Levi, who has conspired with the other side. Levi, the symbol of all that's wrong with the world. Levi's discredit to his people. Levi, the one who deserves being washed away in a flood. Levi sitting there at his old little tax booth, raking it in, telling half-truth after half-truth. Jesus is conspiring. Jesus is looking through the clouds of Levi to see the spectrum of possibility. Jesus is not going to let this guy go. Follow me, he says, and whatever little good that Jesus sees inside this traitor is the same good in Levi that decides to drop everything and follow Jesus. That's the truth. The truth from the very beginning that the creator created and called everything good. That there is this revolution of divine approach. No longer crime and punishment, but unqualified grace. So Levi is bowled over and Levi sends out the invites and Levi hosts the big shindig and Levi points to Jesus and says, there's the truth and the truth will set us free. Which, of course, is the other way to look at it. We who are wondering about the truth, and it's a good thing to wonder about the truth these days because you know the truth feels like it is in short supply. You know what I mean. It feels like a lot of people are not much interested in telling the truth or finding out about it. In this information age of ours, it feels like all we get is bad information. It may be the one thing we can all agree on, that lots of folks are not telling the truth. But one thing we may not agree on is this. All of us, at one level or another, are falling for falsehood. All of us are believing falsehood. I told you, you may not agree with that. But we believe, don't we, what we want to believe? It's what us humans do. We believe what we want to believe. And when you believe what you want to believe, it's when you start believing things that aren't true. I spend far too much of my time these days on Snopes. Do you know what Snopes is? Some of you do, some of you don't. Snopes is one of these websites where you can go and see that what you've read on Facebook or seen on TV or got emailed by a friend or found on Twitter, whether it's true or false. I spend a lot of time on Snopes because I get sent to me a lot of things that are supposed to be true. I read a lot of things that are supposed to be true. I get told a lot of things that are supposed to be true. And I find out when I go to Snopes that most of them aren't. Some of them I want to be true. Because I want to believe what I want to believe. But it turns out that a lot of it is just conspiracy theory, the bad kind. And then I worry. 
that maybe this is the way the world ends or the way American civilization ends. When more and more people start telling falsehood and more and more people start believing it. Oh, I know the falsehood has been around since the serpent, but I wonder if our vigilance has never been in greater demand because, you know, a lot of the so-called truth that gets sent along to me or that I read in social media or that I hear from people or in power or that I get told on TV are assertions that break people down, assertions that denigrate, assertions that cast aspersions, assertions that call names, assertions that dehumanize, assertions that encourage prejudice, assertions that rile me up against somebody else. And these do not conform with the truth. These do not set me free. They imprison me in my own narrow views. These do not make me approach the Levi's of the world. They cause me to flee the Levi's of the world. These do not help me see the rainbow in the clouds. They just paint the sky dark and ugly. These do not remind me that God saw all that God created and called it good. It, they make me think that me and my people are good and you're the bad ones. But God finished with that way of looking a long time ago. We are the children of light, to borrow a phrase from Reinhold Niebuhr, and part of what that means is that we in the church are the children who see the world through the light of Christ. Jesus shines the light through the clouds and sees a rainbow. Jesus shines through us to see rainbows and others. This is the promise. This is the faithfulness of God, and this is what we must demand of ourselves, that as faithful as God is to us, we are to be faithful to all God's children because this is the truth that holds the world together. In Ann Tyler's great novel, The Accidental Tourist, a couple of characters are roaming the shelves and bins of a dollar store, and one of them comes across a shattered magnifying glass. The lens is all broken. But this broken magnifying glass is a novelty in that when you look through its brokenness, it makes the broken things you're looking at appear whole. The brokenness makes everything appear whole. And I wonder if that isn't what happens when we gather at this table of Jesus, the one who was there when God painted the rainbow across the sky, that light broken and refracted and bent, that through his broken body and his spilled blood, Jesus sees through that and sees everything as whole again. Never again, he says, never again, it is finished. Retribution and judgment and aspersion and name-calling and stupid tweets and mocking posts and dumb emails from your friend, they're all finished. All clouds are seen by rainbow. All children are seen by grace. For this is the truth. And the truth shall set us free.
in just a moment, I will be inviting us to partake of the elements, um, and you will find that there is an easy lid to tear off of the bread side, and then we'll flip it over and tear off the juice side, and then I would just like to invite you to return them to your um, Ziploc baggie to zip it up and to take it with you as you leave to throw it away. From now on, God says, I will never let you go. I will conspire to see always the goodness in you. Friends, we are invited to this table to receive the nourishment from a loving God. It is at this table where we participate in the conspiracy of faithfulness, in the conspiracy of grace. Hear now the words of the institution of our Lord's Supper. On the night when Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it. He gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this and remember me. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup. And he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, poured out for you all for the forgiveness of sin. Do this and remember me. For as often as you drink this cup and eat this bread, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. And friends, he will come again. Let us pray. Pour out your spirit upon this bread and cup, O Lord, that they may infuse us with your grace and love, fill our emptiness, strengthen our resolve to be more like you from the inside out. All this we ask in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The gifts of God for the people of God. Let us commune together. You 
search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of worship And it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm so alone for Thing I made it when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. King of endless words. No one. How much you deserve Though I'm weak and poor All I have is yours Every single breath I'll bring you more than a song For song in itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of worship And it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for Thing I made it when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Let's pray. How grateful we are, O oh Lord, that it is all about you and it's all about your grace. It's all about how you see us. We're thankful for that rainbow in the sky that reminds us how you see every color in us. And so we pray, O oh Lord, that you will allow us to find the spirit of faithfulness, the fruit of faithfulness, such that we may be faithful to each other and hold the world together. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.